Welcome to Red Cell Review. What's going on, everybody? Today we are We're doing all right. Good, I'm glad. Uh, today we are joined by Norman Skinner from the band. I'm gonna hopefully pronounce this correctly. Nivian. That's there you go. Actually, it can be pronounced multiple ways, so okay. you were safe. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other ways we can pronounce that? Uh, so uh we were told that it, uh, the way you pronounced it, Nivian, is is the most popular way, South America, Europe, etc. Right. But here in America, uh, we pronounce it incorrectly. We pronounce it Navian. Oh, so man. now I learned this, of course, after the fact, after I had already recorded a song on the last album called Navian to help people with the pronunciation. <laughs> then we find out, well, you're kind of pronouncing it wrong. Well, too late. It's the way it's pronounced for us. It suffers from the Celtic Frost Syndrome. I mean, the Celtic Frost Syndrome. We just don't know. We'll never will. (laughs) So, yeah, I I swear everybody has a problem with the name, and I just go, hey, it's good. Don't worry about it. Hopefully no one's ever called it Niviani. I mean. No? no? Yes. Yes, sir. For the love of Christ. Okay. (laughs) Well, actually, I think in your, your biography, you have it actually broken down how it's said. So I was hoping that I pronounced it correctly. So. (laughs) <laughs> I was. But anyway, we are joined with you today. And um, I actually listened to your new album. Uh, well, your latest album, because you actually you're working on a new one right now, right? Your third correct. one, correct? Third one. You got it. Yes. Um, listen to the uh, Ruthless Divine I was listening to. And uh, it's very good stuff. And uh, I was reading a little bit because I, I never heard of you guys before, but I've actually heard of your older band, Magica. That's been oh. around for quite a while. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I so I never heard of this band, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed a lot. I mean, your vocals are, are awesome, and I, I see you get a lot, a lot of praise for your vocals. I, yeah, I do. I consider myself sort of a hack, but people seem to like what I do, so I'm like, yeah, all right. There's nothing <laughs> hackish about it. No, 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 we do a great job, and uh, also too, I also noticed you're also the vocalist for the band Hellscream. I, I well, I am and was, but uh, oh, this last year. Um, everything just got too much. I had too many projects and stuff and I was yeah. just getting stressed, you know, self-care, right. You got to take yeah. care of yourself. So, <laughs> so I actually stepped away. Um, that was just a recording project anyway. Right. Um, so we did two albums and it didn't seem like there was really maybe even going to be a third, you know, those guys, for those that are unaware, hell scream is basically cage right. or the three tremors just with me singing same group of guys. And, you know, three tremors started taking off and they were getting really busy. So, right. you know, it just made sense. We got two albums out there and hopefully those that have heard them like them. Yeah. 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 No, they're really good. Um, are you, cause, cause you obviously work with the guys from cage. Are you friends with Sean Peck as well? Yeah. Yeah. I actually uh, met him. I've only actually met him in person once, but we did a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, <laughs> just being metal. Um, yeah. But uh, we've talked on the phone a couple of times and uh, we're of course online. We're, we're, very good friends online so yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm sure we'll be hanging out again actually i'm sorry i've only met them twice first time yeah. we met was way back in the magica days so they were i think headlining one day of a festival and the magic was headlining the other day we ended up meeting very briefly so right, right. Yeah. there's only one man in the world that sean peck has never met and that's right. me i never met him <laughs> yet <laughs> not yet but uh, yeah, because actually, I, I noticed when I was listening to some of the Hell Scream stuff that you, there are some similarities with you and his in his vocals a little bit. Yeah, it's um, when stuff. when I got together with Dave uh, Garcia Conan, uh, <laughs> we actually met at Nam um, in passing at one of the shows, like the Dean is like the Dean sponsored show or something, and uh, he was talking about how um, Sean had to take some time off or he was doing something so around you know 2011 2012. And um, we were talking about, you know, how our bands had played together and like, oh, if you got free time, I do too. Maybe we can do something sometime. And that was the end of it. And then two months later, my inbox had a couple songs in it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I demoed, uh, I think the first song I demoed was called uh, Phoenix, We'll Rise. And I sent it to him as a de- just a demo. And that demo actually made it on the album as the, the, the recording. Right. Um, and then he just replied back. He's like, oh, yeah we're going to do an album. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we did a couple of uh, studio albums and um, you know, it's been all good. Yeah. But uh, I, when I went into it, it was like, well, what kind of stuff should I do? And he, he, everything he writes is so just balls out, you know, just mm-hmm. da, 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 speed yeah. and traditional metal. So, you know, and I'm like, well, I think he is used to Sean. So I better bring some high, uh, high range on some of this <laughs> stuff. So, you know, I made sure to work it in. 
yeah yeah and you did very well too thanks man uh, yeah that's cool and uh so what's with uh, magic i mean you've been in that band for quite a long time is that you started out with them no well so okay so a magic right let me try to wrap that i don't want to mm. bore everyone with all the magic tale because there's a lot of it but <laughs> they had a originally they had an original singer david michaels fan david michaels uh, sound of a fantastic vocalist right. um and they released three albums they did the uh self-titled the album worship and then and so it burns and so it burns is my favorite magic album and i don't even sing on it so <laughs> you know I, I was a big fan of the band uh prior they were local in the bay area right. um and i used to go to their shows and you know you support the other bands and secretly there's always bands you really like and the other bands you're sort of, sort of there to be like hey yeah. <laughs> um they were a band i actually dug on and then um i heard someone hit me up through the grapevine i don't remember who i think it was uh one of their roadies or one of their texts um just hit me up and they're like hey dave quit they're looking for a new singer so i met the guitar player at a i remember we met at a concert it was a maiden halford uh concert with Queensryche on the bill that was that tour ah the brave new world tour yes yes blues got it and um so it was it was that tour we met uh, the guitar player and I, and then um, I auditioned. Funny thing, little side note, there was a guy sitting in the corner at my vocal audition. I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. And he was like their guy, that another singer to kind of look me over and hear me and make sure, you know, give them the thumbs up. It was actually Neil Turbin, uh, the original oh, Anthrax <laughs> singer. So uh, I guess he went. Uh, Wayne knows Neil Turbin. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he gave them the thumbs up. He's like, this guy's really good. Yeah. So I got the gig. I ended up doing um, four songs between, I mean, four albums between 2004 to 2010. And then the band broke up. Um, It was a bad breakup. And then um, we didn't talk for about nine years. And then his band Kill Ritual was on tour with uh, Iced Earth Mm -hmm. in Sanctuary. And we were just hanging out, had a few shots. Funny how alcohol makes everything all good again. Like, (laughs) we're we're friends again. We have a lot of it is how nations at war found peace together at one point. So yes, there we, we condone so, that. <laughs> it makes sense. Right. Um, and then he basically, uh, it was a uh, 2019. We put out one more album, um, which was only dark heart survive. And that was it. I, I, at the same time I walked away from hell scream. I also walked away again from a magica. That was just this last year, mm-hmm. but everyone got one more album out of us. And, you know, special on drums was Matt Thompson from King diamond. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's fantastic too, right? You right, can't right, go wrong yeah. with that. So, you know, um, I'm not a guy that likes to uh, jump in and out of bands. Like mm-hmm. if I do a project or a band, I try to stick with it. But when you got like five or six going at the same time, something's got to give and you got to oh, prioritize. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially when you're the vocalist too, because that's a lot of wear and tear on your, on your, on your voice. So, you know, you can only do so much. Absolutely. Definitely a fine line between keeping your chops in shape and overdoing it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, with this uh, this last album that uh, you put out, um, I noticed that you are more into the power metal type bands. I am. So, you know, Magic was more of a thrash band when right. I joined, and then when I joined, it sort of became power thrash right, because right. I was less thrashy, more of a power metal vocalist. Um, that's just been, you know, that's not what I started out with listening to. Obviously, as a kid, our our influences evolve right? right i mean i went through like you know classic metal and i went through the hair metal stage and then i got into some prog metal and thrash uh, but ultimately i found that my particular taste is in power metal and more i should say heavy power metal not not right. the cheesy lighter fairies and forest crap <laughs> right. i'm talking right. like you know more of the heavy i like like primal fear and mystic prophecy and brainstorm like more the heavier, you know Hello- what? halloween 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 Halloween's yeah. kind of like the staple. They're on the cusp for me. Okay. Like some Halloween. Same with Hammerfall. That was for you, Wayne. All right. <laughs> Hammerfall and Halloween are right on that line. Yeah. 50% I love. 50% I'm lactose intolerant. I can't deal with the cheesy. <laughs> so, but, well, but then that's I better the, hide this milkshake if you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's it. I, I am a big power metal guy. Um, and then when the time came um, and I heard about uh, Navai and actually it's a weird story, but when I found out it was going to be a power metal band, I was like, yes, I've been wanting to sing for just a heavy power metal band. And luckily it worked out. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it does. I couldn't help but hear some influence. And I mean this with all the respect in the world, because I love their earliest output, the band Soil Work. There were moments from the first album where I was like, oh, my God, this is like if Soil Work had all clean power metal vocals. And I was really digging it. Yeah, Um, if I'm... It for if I were to pick a second sort of subgenre, that's my favorite. It's pretty much a lot of that melodic death or that Scandinavian in flames, soil work, mercenary, uh, you know, scar symmetry, disharmonia mundi. That kind of stuff is like my second tier. Like, oh yeah. So and musically, I mean that works because like it's funny, right? Because you got we got six guys in a band. They all got different influences, and here's the stuff that they're bringing in. You know, one guitar player, he's like. Mr. Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, very throwback, the, the guys, Yngwie. And Those then the other, guy, the other guy is straight. I mean, he has Iron Maiden tattoo and he was in a Maiden tribute band. Like, you know, but we listen to a lot of more modern bands and a lot of these uh, European bands for influence and stuff, you know, um, Ordnogan and, you know, Manimal and just bands like that. So it definitely filters into our music and gives us a much heavier uh, vibe than a lot of regular, I guess, American power metal bands that you might hear. No. Uh, so yes, thank you for the musical compliment for the band. Soil work. <laughs> You're entirely is welcome. I love, I love, so I love me some soil work. Yeah. yeah. I also like too, how you inf- infuse some of that growling type vocals into the songs as well. So it does, yeah, this it does next stay. album, uh, we'd go even yeah. further. It's like oh, the first yeah. album, Druid King was a little more polished. Mm. Uh, I think we were st- starting to find our sound. There's a bunch of guys that brought their own songs in, right? Yeah. That they all had. And then we just kind of put them together and did what we did. And right out the gate, I was thinking, all right, we're, I'm in a power metal band. I got to have those high soaring vocals and big harmonies and everything. I threw some spice in. Then on the Ruthless Divine, I, we kind of found our core sound. And I'm like, I want to let loose a little bit, you know? I want to like... <laughs> put some balls to it and uh this next album album number three we go even a step further a little a little heavier uh but we still keep the dynamics so oh, good louis you saying something because i thought you was hitting no you. i wasn't but uh i do have a question <laughs> so if i guess um yes the distinguished <laughs> gentleman of metal huh <laughs> <laughs> no just kidding <laughs> um considering you said that the uh the sound of the music uh, takes a darker edge. I mean, what would you say influenced you lyrically this time around, as opposed to with the first two albums? So lyrically, um, the first album was a whole lot of what you would expect. Steel and power and armies and mythological shit, you know? We like that (laughs) stuff. Nothing wrong with it. Right. But, uh, you know, I also, also, I tried to make sure that the lyrics were smart. To, to put it to put it simply just you know you're not reading it going uh, you know the power of steel and i'm fighting a battle on a unicorn or some you know in my chain mail and, and speedo or whatever but i wanted it you know i wanted them to be cool but on the second album ruthless divine i was like and you can only write so many songs about you know a big old army storm in a castle and, and so forth you know yeah. so uh, i started branching out a little bit more on this third album um literally only like i think a third of the songs or what people would expect they're either historical mythological or you know fantasy based you know type um i'm branching out more into just songs that everyone can uh, lyrically get behind you know there's songs about depression and uh, you know songs about a, a dark breakups and, and things like that you know we just i just wanted to branch out you know i didn't want to be a one-trick pony with the uh, you know swords and dragons and whatever <laughs> Yes, that's but, admirable. Um, yeah, but to, but to answer your question, just to kind of loop around, I draw inspiration from everywhere, like a lot of people do, right? You see people in everyday activities, you kind of draw inspiration from that, your own personal activities, watching TV, reading books, whatever it, it may be. I just, you know, kind of soak it up and put it on music. So, yeah, yeah <clears throat> I think that really makes like the best songs, really, you know, because like you said, how many times can you write about dragons and, and freaking castles and all this crap? And, exactly. I mean, hey, it's Dio good. made a career out of I it, know, but he was yeah. great. You know, this is, you know. You know what? <laughs> you just got me with that. I mean, there's, that is, the, that's a winner. He's, he's yeah. the exception to the rule, though. He gets all a right. pass forever. <laughs> he, he does. Although, let's, let's admit, a lot of his lyrics could be pretty interchangeable about rainbows. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. The yeah, man was the like, king of metaphors and similes. I mean, yeah, geez. and he used them over and over and over. But <laughs> he's the great he's the godfather. So yes, he is. Uh but yeah, like even with my own band plug here, uh Project Resurrect.bandcamp.com. I don't have the CD on me, and Wayne. I don't sorry. Even this somewhere, don't worry about it. But uh even when I when we started working on our stuff, and I'm not a, a I can't write lyrics for shit, but so I had to be forced to write lyrics for this, you know? So it's like the first time I've ever done this. And and I said to my guitarist, I said, I do not want dragons. I don't want all the, you know, all that stuff. And thank God the the pandemic, the pandemic started. So all right, there's something that we can write about and it's kind of current and you know, people will relate to that, you know. And just some other stuff, some other things that I found, um, you know, some stories and stuff that were true stories that I found online. So, you know, I like things that are real, you know. Right. I, I don't like the the fake stuff sometimes, you know, just kind of boring. So I'm glad <laughs> to see that, you know, bands like you are, you know, trying to do something new, you know, empowerment. Yeah. I mean, I'll always throw one or two in here and there, you know, just yeah, because, no, but you can't help it, you know. Right, right. I mean, then that's what a lot of people want, right? There are those fans that are just like, I want my dragon, you know. <laughs> and again, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Half of my collection vector is full of dragon stories. There you go. <laughs> Wayne has a pet dragon named Spot in his basement. Yes, I do. And uh, he's very hungry right now. <laughs> Wow, that took a dumb turn. Anyways, resume. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Uh, so um, the, this album is, um, I forget about the new, this album, the new album. Uh, you've actually, over the course of this, since this band's been around, uh, you've had members come and go. And recently you just got a new drummer in the band, right? Yes, yes. Um, it, you know, it was unfortunate uh, when the pandemic hit. Um, unfortunately our, our drummer he, he's he's actually also my solo drummer for my band Skinner okay. so we're still really close and he's he's just finished drums a little while ago for my upcoming solo album but uh when I was in the band there was you know we had a drummer and I was like eh, this guy's not cutting it mm. everyone was dry they didn't want to have to replace anybody but I was like it's necessary so um, I got rid of the original drummer they had I brought in my solo drummer he's on both of the first step first two albums Noe Luna, fantastic drummer. He's also sort of, we've talked to him. If our current drummer can't do something, he's always willing to fill in as well. But when the pandemic hit, um, you know, he lost his his, uh, his work. You know, he was unable to keep up with the financials and the time. And he just had a lot going on. So he, he, he had to mutually step away from the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, you know, there was no drama. It wasn't a, a musical difference. There was literally nothing. It was just personal life. He had to take care of himself, you know, right. it is, yeah. in, in his family. Um, luckily, we we got offered, uh, you know, during the pandemic, a bunch of bands, they would get, do these uh, online fests, right? Streaming oh, fests yeah, yeah. and yeah. stuff. We did a couple of those. So we had one lined up and we uh, contacted a local drummer, um, Isaiah AR, and we said, hey, you know, would you be interested in filling in, learning some songs for this, this fest that we're doing? And over the few couple of weeks that we were jamming with them um, and to do that, I don't remember what happened, but I think somebody in the band looked over at him and he was just like grinning and had this like, and someone's like, you want to be in this band, don't you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, shit. All right. <laughs> and that was it. No audition. So, oh, wow. um, and he's fit in perfectly, man. He, he, we just finished doing drum tracking this last weekend for the third album. He's just killing it. Um, so yeah, he, you know, we had to make the change. It was unfortunate. We were totally worried about it, um, but things worked out. Um, So, yay. (laughs) That's always great when like the other band members give the thumbs up as the first performance is going. And if you're saying that your guitar player was grinning, then you know what? It was meant to be. That's awesome. So, right. I mean, they don't make for good stories because I think we can all agree the bad auditions make for the best stories, right? (laughs) Of course they do, yes. True, but I refuse to watch American Idol, even uh, to watch the uh, the horrible train wrecks of singers they have. No, I mean, see, I think American, not to get too off topic, but this is important. I think that American Idol originally was way better when they would show all the horrible auditions oh, yeah. in the beginning. Now they show maybe one or two and they just put these really good, the good ones. I'm like, I want to see the crap. I want to see the, the bad, you know? So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that shows where that shows went, right? Ever since they stopped that, that shows went to shit now. So right, yeah, because everyone wants to see a good train wreck. Come on, right? No, it's it's true. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. My conscience gets the better of me. I'd rather watch like 
I'd rather watch like train wreck movies like you know like purposely made bad movies just so i can sit and find something to laugh at i hate seeing it happen to people in real life but you know <laughs> this is rat's eye review fuck my conscience anyways resume i'm sorry a bad movies like motorama i said bad movies not shit wayne oh, resume on. have you ever seen motorama I don't know even know what that oh. is. Oh you don't God. want to know. That's what it sounds like. It it's sounds like it sounds like a pass, man. <laughs> it's a hard pass. So it's, it's a great movie about a, a child who goes out on his own and, and uh, drives a car around. Um, and you judge me for loving Toxic Avenger, you son of a bitch. Hmm. Anyway. Well, that's a that's a cult classic. All right, yeah, thank you. I have no problem with that movie at all. <laughs> but you, you're not selling me on Motorama, man. Just a, a kid driving uh, a car. <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew Barrymore is in it for like five seconds. Is she topless? Literally five seconds. Is she of, is she no, of age and topless? I think I, she was she seventeen like when she did it. No, <laughs> I don't want to go into R. Kelly territory. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of strange cameos by Flea and uh, who else was in that movie? Meatloaf yeah. and yeah. Michael J. Pollard, Jack Nance, the Racerhead himself. It's just okay. the most random, random movie. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't work. Huh? Box is right there, and I can't grab it. But I'm not. I, I I just I I condemn the day Wayne was hatched for this for making me watch this film. So, <laughs> so I oh, like man. pain. I like when people are in pain <laughs> on this show. So that like I said, he loves to watch train wrecks. Where, where are you? Where are you two based out of? Uh, we're actually both in New York on Long Island. They're all East Coast, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm from New York City originally, but uh, I now live in Long Island. Wayne's Long Island born and bred, so you know. We have we're we're family men, but we're metalheads too. So right on. We just toured through there, and I so I got to go to New York for my first time ever oh, this oh. on this last tour, and I actually got to go and have some New York pizza. What wow. did you think? Fuck yes, <laughs> it was. Thank God, dude. I walk in, and it's just like <laughs> oh, you know, they had them all just laid out, and it was they were all great. Oh, we had way too much pizza, but it was good, you know, because you you hear from different parts of the company, the country people talk up there. You know, you have to get like this from here, you know, whatever. Right, right. And uh, New York pizza is one of them. And it did not disappoint. Man. What, what was it? Manhattan pizza or was it? Well, which borough was it? We were in New York City. So okay. it was uh, whatever was near the venue we were playing. We we're playing uh, some theater. Can't remember the name of it. Let's pull it up. <laughs> the PlayStation Theater? No, it was like a it was like a, a classic like theater, like old, like some, you know, See, I would name a place here, but you guys wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Sony Hall. Um, was it uh, the Kingsland or? Might have been that. Here, I can actually tell you right now. It was. Dun, dun, dun. We'll be back. Right Let's see here. <laughs> it was. Here we go. Buffalo, New York. Gramercy Theater. Oh, great. oh the Gramercy. Oh, okay, so you had New York City pizza. Okay, yes. good. And it was good. I dug it, man. Who'd you play with at the Gramercy? <clears throat> uh, we were on tour with Soulfly. All right, that's cool. That's yeah, sure. that's an interesting ma- uh, uh, it, matchup. Yeah, well, that, that's what everyone said. But you know, imagine you're for a moment. Imagine if you will, <laughs> you you go to the show and you're ready to see Soulfly, and you got your vest on, your patches, and you know Max, you're gonna see Max. Oh, what Dino from Fear Factory is filling in? This is gonna be heavy as shit, right? Mm-hmm. And here come all here come these guys out in black. One of them has a keytar, okay? You know, <laughs> these people, this is what people would tell us. They were like, I'm in there in the front row and I see like your keytar player come out. And I'm thinking, the hell, the hell is this? What am I in for? And then, of course, we would just bring it. And then afterwards, there's a line to our merch table. Everyone's like, dude, that's badass. So we actually were able to win over the fans, even though the, the styles weren't quite you know, there, but they, yeah, they didn't, their fans did not know what to make of us when we first would step out on stage. So and then you won them over. No, that's yeah. great. I mean, I, I love Soulfly. I mean, I grew up on, you know, Sepultura and what Max did with Soulfly in the beginning, definitely. So the fact that they were cool enough to take you on tour and, you know, the fact that their fans gravitated to you, that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I only had a one fan that I don't know. It's like you have those people that kind of um, come up and they uh, try to give you a compliment, but they also like, you know, trash you at the same time. So, oh, passive aggressive <laughs> schmucks. Yeah. Because yeah. this guy comes up and he goes, man, he goes, you got a great growl, man. Like, 
oh, I could feel it. He goes, but the rest of your singing sucks, man. That high stuff, <laughs> you, 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 can't, you gotta stop doing that. That is horrible. First, just horrible. But man, you hey. can growl, man. I, I'll tell him my boy, oh, this is great, but suck at that other stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> if if that person is watching this episode right now, he's on the show and you're not. So just remember that. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, what? I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm that guy, like a lot of singers, they, uh, you, you hear them all oh, save your voice, stay in the green room. Don't talk to people. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be out by the merch table, meeting people, hanging out, making metal friends. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if my voice is somewhat a little tired during my set, so be it. As long as the attack is there and the energy, yeah. you know, yeah. That's, so. that's what I think that's a good thing too that you do that because uh, not that you're starting out, but you know, not too many people know who you guys are, especially when you come right. out here, all right? And right. that that makes you um, more uh, you get more fans, I think, that way too because you, it makes you look like personable to the the people that are coming and buying your merch and, and meeting you and stuff. So I, I couldn't agree more. Oh yeah, you were in the audience definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I, people I definitely mean, remember that, and then they remember the band name and say, "Oh, that guy was cool," and I'll look him up on Facebook or whatever and buy the album. And, yeah, and I notice. I mean, this is you know for a lot of other bands that are coming up the ranks. I mean, when when we're out there before we play and we're meeting people before, then and, and sometimes we don't even tell them we're in the band because we're just hanging out, chatting up people. Then they see us on stage. They're like, "Oh, that those dudes were cool. I'm gonna go and check them out." It definitely is helpful. We try to stay very humble. Like none of us have any delusions of grandeur. None of us got into this to be like famous rock stars. We're just taking it as it comes, and if we're yeah. if we make another milestone hooray um but we know for sure in in northern california you know we're a big fish in a small pond but outside of our area nobody knows who we are only little handfuls of people know so and that's the reality of it and we have to keep that in mind as we're pressing ahead so yeah and what did you think of the gramercy theater oh it was nice it was one of the nicer venues uh we played actually um i really liked it i love a lot of those old ones that those old theaters that get you know uh you know, changed over from what they used to be that are still live, live places. And, and sometimes they have some great, you know, acoustics and sounds because they're made for, you know, opera and plays and stuff. So yeah. it was actually and that theater had been closed down for a while. It was I I not even closed down. It, it wasn't. I don't even know what it was before. It was a Gramercy. I don't, I don't think oh. it was anything. So, you know, I mean, I, I had been there once before the pandemic started. I went to go see. Uh, the band Ginger, and it was great. I mean, great live show, great, great acoustics. You know, the audience was responsive and it's it's intimate enough, but big enough so that, you know, you feel like, you know, you're playing to a big crowd and everybody gets into it. So I'm glad you had that experience. Oh, yeah, I, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, thank God he didn't play a place like Castle Heights. That was a venue that <laughs> we both played at back in the day. It was a that was a closet. <laughs> oh, I've played yeah, my fair true. share of those, man. <laughs> we all have those stories. Of course. Mm-hmm. Actually, my last show that I ever played was at the Gramercy Theater. Oh, uh, oh really? Yeah, I opened up for uh, Epica. Oh, were, nice. We were an opening band. So I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm sick of playing with you guys. This is my last show. And that was it. Never played ever again. It ain't getting better than this. <laughs> it didn't. No, it did not. Uh, so uh, did you get to meet Max and uh, Dino? And what was Dino was in Soulfly? He was. So he was filling in because um, they had just gone through a guitar change just okay. before. Yeah. So uh, um, due to the pandemic, their camp was very secluded. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they were very, you know, uh, th- let's just say they, they were worried about you know, germs and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we met, we met Dino a few times here and there. Um, he was, you know, he was very chatty and stuff. Max, very elusive. We, I, I only met him funny enough on the entire tour. I met him two days before the tour ended. And that was at the Gramercy. Okay. Which we were, which we're talking about. So, uh, but he was way cool. Um, their camp is really much a family affair, right? Because mm-hmm. he has his, his kids on tour and ones in the band. And um, so I was running our merch booth, and uh, his one of his sons is running their merch booth. So you know, he was cool. So we'd be chatting every day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I never really got into Soulfly, but uh, I'm a huge Sepultura fan. So yeah, me too. I, I was I'm more you know marked out every time that they. Sorry for the wrestling term, but every time that they would uh, go into you know, Sepultura songs, I'd be like, yeah, 
There we go. <laughs> High school. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned wrestling. Uh, obviously, yeah. me, Lou loves wrestling. I, I'm also too a wrestling fan. Uh, uh, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, my favorite. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Uh, Always. The excellence of execution, the hitman, but the hitman art. So I haven't watched wrestling in a couple of years, yeah. but I watched a lot all the way up to even sort of recently. But uh, yeah. he's always been my 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 favorite. He was my go-to. Yeah, yeah you don't sure. want to you don't want to watch the new stuff. It's terrible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so it's so like uh, God. I, yeah, I can't even watch it. I can't. Yeah, the only wrestling thing I watch right now is uh, every time an episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring drops. Okay, I watch yeah. that. Show. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some crazy shit on there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I did have one pro wrestler on my uh, podcast, Music is Live podcast. I had the wrestler uh, Masada. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but I, I remember that name. He's a Texan wrestler who um, he was in the uh, he he was trained under the tutelage of uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels. Went to Ring of Honor and TNA, WWE, made his name wrestling death matches in Big Japan Wrestling, came back to the United States, made his name here bigger than it was before uh, being a death match wrestler. And, you know, I mean, he's more than a death match wrestler, like he could wrestle any kind of style. But, you know, he's a great guy, a nice guy. And the best thing about him, he's a metalhead. So oh, even better. Yeah, so he's got a couple things working for him. I think that's where I saw that name. I don't know if it was. It, it was it was probably something with the Japanese death matches because that's where it's kind of ringing a bell. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, come on, wrestling. I mean, you know, I think we're all probably around the same age, so we all you know grew up you know with it. So yeah, of course the the you know, the, the good period of, of wrestling, you know. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, if you want to find good wrestling, it's like now it's like you really have to look for it because yeah. it's not on television. <laughs> I remember our first our first year being a band, we met a wrestler at one of our shows in Reno, Nevada, and he he heard one of our songs that was going to be on the second album, and it was uh, the song Like Lions. It was the intro. He's like, hey, when you guys record that, I want to make that my, my entrance music. And we're like, yeah, sure, but I, I don't know. I never I didn't keep tabs on that guy, but that could have been kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Good promotion, too. You know, people hear it at the wrestling shows. They say, who is that? There you go. Uh, so yeah. and going back to uh, Nivian, um, uh, we were talking about you got a new drummer, but uh, over the years you've had members come and go. Is it hard to like really get used to like making new music with newer people or how do you guys work with that? Not really. Like like anybody that would look at our, our bio or, or look at, um, you know, the member changes, mm-hmm. the, the, the two member changes that happened early happened before we even recorded our first album. So um, like one was the original drummer and you know that was me bringing in my drummer yeah. and then my drummer left which we talked about the only other change we had was one of the found two founding guitar players so yeah. a lot of people might know it um, the other founding guitar player is Claudius Kramer who's in Possessed now okay so he um, he's the one that recruited me into the band wow. um, I didn't know any of the other members and then within one year after playing just a couple shows he decided I don't know he was going to just do the possessed thing or something which is way different than what we do right. and um so he just did that and left but he told everyone except me <laughs> but uh but yeah we're, we're really good friends but really um that was it you know he had like three songs that we couldn't really use but we were in the writing stages for our first album anyway right. so we brought in a you know new guitar player at the time gary tarpley and we just kept going so luckily we've had we've had zero auditions the change of members just sort of fall into place for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I always like the new blood though. Yeah. If, if it fits like, right. like kind of what Lou was saying, you know, when you're grinning and you're like, all right, this is going to work when it fits. It's great. Cause you're getting that new, that new dynamics, something a little fresh. Yeah. Um, when you lose somebody, that's the part that sucks. That's where you're like, you have to put an ad out. We're going to have to audition people like, who I can't even think of anyone that's worth their crap. And if they are worth a crap, I definitely don't want them in my band because they're dick. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many, you know, there's layers of it, right? Yeah, You're yeah, musicians. Yeah. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, we definitely know. We, have, we yeah. even have another musician friends of ours that are actually looking for a second guitarist. And uh, they're having a problem because, you know, either... They, they say, you know, bring your shit when, you're, when you come to audition. You know, be prepared, you know? And they keep getting these people that just don't come prepared. So, you know, I don't know why these people bother, you know, like you're wasting your time and their time. 
Exactly. Know? So it's just, and that's, that's one thing I, I hated about being in a band because when people left then you got to retrain them all these new songs and everything. And then if they don't stay, then you just wasted your time. Yeah. That is one of the, one of the really big sucky parts of it for sure. But it seems like you guys seem to work out fairly well with that. So. Yeah. We all, we're all, you know, happy, easygoing guys. Like yeah. there's really hardly ever any drama in our camp. We're just all kind of like, no, you know, I, you might understand this comment for sure, but let's just say I've met way too many heroes that turned out to be cock stars and I don't <laughs> want to be one of those. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. I'd rather just be a guy that's just like, like every time I, I meet somebody at a show, I'm like, hey, if there's room on my social media or any of hit me up, man. I go, you, I always say this, you can never have too many cool metal friends. Right. It's just metals, metals, a family. You know what I mean? Right. Like I might not always remember your face or your name, but the more we interact, I will, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good to know. So everybody go follow him on Facebook right now. Yeah. Follow Norman me. Skinner. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And send me a message. I'll be like, I, I reply to everything. I don't, yeah. I don't just be like, even know, if it's I, weird. I, I put up the ad for the, for the interview tonight. And then oh, I come back on Facebook and then all of a sudden I got, you added me and then you followed all the stuff and you retweeted everything, which a lot of people don't do. So I really appreciate you doing that. Oh, and, dude, uh, come on. That, that is one, one one man. I absolutely, anybody that's going to take You would time, think so. Right. <laughs> it, it's called cross promotion people. You know what I mean? I mean, there, it's not only just, wow, people that tune in to Rat Salad are going to learn who I am and they're going to follow me and all that. Well, maybe some of my fans need to start turning, tuning into Rat Salad and seeing what kind of killer musicians and things you guys are chatting about. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, it's, Thank you. Unfortunately, this all goes back to the word you said before, cock stars. And, uh, <laughs> you know, some people are like, you know, hey, I'd love to have you on. Well, I don't know. What, do you, what can you do for me? I'm having you on. Okay. Yeah, it's exposure, man. You're waiting and they don't do nothing. (laughs) That's just, I mean, I I would think, and of course I'm I'm probably completely wrong in my mind, but I would think any type of media, right? Because I consider you guys, you know, music journalists, media, right? You're in the promotions entertainment. We're two guys just. But I'm I'm just saying. But I guess we get lumped into that. Right. Anybody that would reach out to a musician and saying, hey, how about some free exposure? Put you on my show. Why would you not say, hell yeah, brother. Thank you. I know. Yeah. It's, it's common sense. I mean, mind? we're, we're fans of the music first. And if we come across something that we like, you know, we, we are out to kind of disrupt the mainstream. Like we'll talk about the bands that we like that no one else knows about. If we're lucky enough to get somebody who is of a stature that is known on an international level, that's great. It's not going to change us because we're right. fans first. So, I love that. Yeah, it's the way so, it should be. Right. And do you, do you find like when you play with other bands, like some lesser known bands? I mean, is there like a um, uh, kind of like a community? Like, do you guys help each other out, or like do you see other bands just like you know, kind of like you know, we're on a show, you screw you guys, and you know, it's all it's, about us. Kind of. Thing. It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same in in all different um, uh, scenes around the around the country and around the world. Right. You're going to have mm-hmm. those certain bands that just will come out and be like, you know, and they're all just about their stuff and their fans and they don't care about any camaraderie. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you got the other bands that you got guys that are there's They just want to grow the scene. They're just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And maybe they have no really aspirations beyond making some demos and just rocking out. Right. And you got everything in between, you know, us, we're at a stage where, you know, this is a, a business to us. We're all veterans. We've been in bands that have done this. We've done lots of tours. We know that, there's a lot of financials and time and energy that all goes into it. But when we're on a gig, you know, we try to be nice to everybody, whether they're, you know, we're opening for them or they're opening for us. You know what I mean? Mm. But I'm going to bring up something that I, that some people think is controversial, but this is my, my thoughts. Um, (laughs) I love controversy. Go. Yes. (laughs) So a lot of people say, well, what happened to music scene? Cause a lot of music scenes throughout the United States are dying for one reason or another uh, in some instances necessarily, not, not all of them. Like our, our music scene here is great. Right. Um, but a lot of people would uh, for a long time were uh, blaming like pay to play, right? Oh, you got to sell tickets and stuff. Mm. You know, everyone hated that, but I don't think that was an issue. What I find in all the different music scenes I've been in where I've lived is too many bands and not enough fans, meaning everybody wants to be in a band, 
Mm-hmm. Now you get people that aren't used to going to these local shows, just the ones like you go to a maiden concert. You're like, where the hell are all these people when we're playing? Right. right, right. Metalheads. Right. Yeah. So at some point in time, people get dragged to these local shows. Right. And I'm going to go out with my friends and they got to sit through like three crappy, horrible bands to see a band that's pretty good. And I think honestly, that's what sort of uh, killed a lot of the music scenes from getting everyone going to these local shows, you know, music scenes that thrive, I think more have a lot better talent of bands. Like you take the Bay area and the, you know, the eighties, right. And the freshman, you can name all these bands, LA, right. The scene, all these great bands, even the grunge scene up in Seattle, all these great bands. So I would, it's like, I would rather see some kids that are just starting out, get a shot on a, a club show than, some guys that have been hacking away at it for 25 years and they still aren't that great, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I know it's, it's almost like taboo to talk like that. Well, you should be saying things like that, but you know what? It's the truth, man. There's too many bands out there that are just, you know, giving a bad rep to the bands that are exactly. somewhat no, more I, talented or better, put more time, energy. In it, so yeah, I, I it, it is kind of to change. Oh, I'm sorry. Wayne, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that is kind of interchangeable with the whole pay to play concepts, because like you said, you have some guys that have been doing it forever. So, you know, they have enough disposable income so they could do pay to play. And then what happens is, you know, they're obviously the least liked man on the bill. But then the one band that's actually really good that has to shell the money out of their own pockets just to be in the gig. And then they end up, you know, going in the red for it it hurts them and it hurts their chances and you know they not that they grow up to be bitter but you know you could you could see why there's a kind of resentment from oh, yeah. good musicians like that you know and uh we we don't condone pay to play and you know we do believe in paying dues but not paying to be on a freaking show just because you know the promoter's dangling the carrot in front of you we don't we don't exactly. like that yeah luckily it's uh it's seems to only really happy with some of the larger venues and the larger shows, but it'd be nice if that just went away. You know, I'd rather, I think it's just the greed of promoters or promoters being too scared to book bands that are comparable and that the people would like, right. Cause you, yeah. how many times do you go to see a band that's coming through, right? Like say Francis, you know, maybe ginger came through or something, but some of the bands that were local that maybe were on the bill, you're like, what the fuck book this? How the hell did they get on this show? You know? Um, and it's, something like that because i see i go see shows i'll see like a thrash show come through and i know that there's thrash bands in the sacramento area that are spectacular that could easily be on the bill and instead there's some like core band from you know some place that doesn't match and just should not be on the bill but anyway now i'm just complaining you guys are just gonna complain <laughs> no 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 it's <laughs> they're 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 worthy gripes totally i mean they're they're grievances yeah. that a lot of you know metal fans feel and you know um but luckily no go on i'm sorry i was just saying because there used to be a lot of venues out here on long island um and in some of the boroughs that would do that and they're not here anymore because you know aside from the pandemic people just kind of wised up to it so now i see more people playing backyard parties and they're loving it it's like it's like the 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 days of van halen in the 70s it's awesome there you go I mean, How do I know I play those backyard parties? <laughs> the, the best, the best part about playing the look, the smaller venues with the, the hum, more hungry and smart promoters, they pay you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you actually get paid some money. Yeah. So that's always nice. L- luckily for, for Navayan, we're in, we're in a good spot. You know, we, uh, any show in the area that we get asked to do, it's usually we're, we're always asked to headline We're you know, we're usually paid. Um, so we've kind of, grown beyond having to deal with a lot of the the you know the stuff that happens as you're moving up the ladder locally and we're just talking locally obviously so um so now we're at a point where we just we can be a little picky and choosy about which shows we accept and if it makes sense for for us and then put out an album and do an actual you know solid tour to support the album and then just do it all over again just keep going hope we get some more fans i hope we get more listeners enjoy the ride yeah that's all it's about how what since the pandemic started how has the the clubs been in where you are like, so i you know we heard of a we heard of a few closed here and there but honestly they've just been opening a couple new ones so yeah. the 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 sacramento metal scene is 
fantastic up here and it's it's booming it's growing and what's funny is a lot of the bands that i used to have to drive two hours down to the san francisco bay area to see now when they tour through they're actually coming up through here and not through the bay so i'm like sweet i can just (laughs) take an uber (laughs) right right. there drink a lot come home (laughs) safe Well, that's that's good to know. And you you did you feel like the music scene is since you you just said it's it's it feels like it's growing. Yeah, uh, there's I if I look at my calendar, almost every night of the week there's multiple shows that I'm invited to. That's yeah. a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Is there any uh, new bands that you guys been playing with that you really really like? New bands? Yeah. Hmm. No, no. Most of our most of my favorite bands are guys that have been around for a little while um, in the area. But uh, yeah, there, we, I mean, there are there are some great bands up in this area. Like uh, we have our friends of Potential Threat. They they put out a few albums. Thrash band. They've done European tours and U.S. tours. <clears throat> They're solid, really good band. Um, I'm sort of freaking blanking. There's a uh, our band, <laughs> uh, a friend, friends of ours in Short Fuse. They're actually out on tour Soulfly right now. Oh, wow. So it's funny. <laughs> you know, we were chatting. You know, comparing notes. So they're out doing that right now. They're really really great band so i mean there's a couple right there for people to check out yeah definitely i always like to get new bands because i've never heard of them either so it's always yeah. good to find new bands i love finding new bands so that's what this show's about oh there you go that's right and that's what we found with you guys a new band for us anyway i mean you guys have been around for a while but uh nivian uh go check the uh album out the album was called ruthless divine and what is the new album called uh okay well, yeah, i'll oh, give you, you a, a name the, the, right. so we 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 haven't a hundred percent confirmed it but it sounds like and i haven't told anybody this no no one knows exclusive but ex- i guess this would technically be an exclusive Blabbermouth exclusive yeah so uh it, we believe it's gonna be called a uh, uh, beacon in the darkness oh okay all right so cool. i like it keep it any plans to possibly tour europe with this maybe like the keep it true fest or anything oh so i wish um we're trying to break into the festival scene we had um so during our druid king album we were booked at a festival in greece i forget the name of it um and last minute we had to pull out i think there was a, a visa issue with one of our guys or something, something um i don't really recall and then we did a tour with uh, vicious rumors we were supposed to go follow up with them in europe and we were supposed to be on one of the big festivals over there with like the black dahlia murder and some other bands and for some reason i can't remember why oh i think oh our guitar player i think he messed up his shoulder and so we had to drop out so i'm like man so nevian has not yet made it to europe we're trying to break into the uh festival scenes but it just hasn't happened yet so um but we'll see as soon as we release this album we're going to be working with booking agents and we're going to be like all right what is available for europe what's available for the u.s um at this stage a lot of people might not understand how it works but you do what's called a buy-on um it's a certain amount that you you pay to be on a tour um so the band needs to a say yeah we'll take these guys out and b it's going to cost you this much to you know be on the tour with us so so of course we have to find a one where the timeline fits that's a band we want to tour with and the money's right well we definitely wish you all the best and the third album the new albums of the same quality as the first two I pray that it's your breakthrough to wow. like an international level, man, because I love what I've heard so far. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Good luck with the new album, please. And uh, where can people find your band and you and everything that you do? Uh, so uh, for the band, it's a one-stop shop. If you go to Navian.com, that's N-I-V-I-A-N-E.com. We have all the social media links on there, obviously. You get the music, the video, the news, all that stuff. Um for me, if anyone's interested in my current stuff, my, my multiple projects I'm in and my past catalog, they can go to normanskinner.net. And uh, I have, of course, all my social media stuff on there. And uh, yep, love to hear from both you guys. So maybe we can chat on the off time as well, man. But uh, Definitely. Yeah, but that's, that's how people can find me. And um, I'm always, I've always got my fingers in something. I try, I'm always like, oh, I can't do anymore. But I'm always like, yeah, that sounds cool. I think I'll do that. So yeah. All right. Very cool. And uh, I really appreciate you having on the show. And thanks to Ben from Online Metal Promo for setting this interview up. Anything you want to say about Ben? Ben's awesome. If I, I, was, I will say this in the best way possible. Ben's a hustler, man. He, he, is, he, is, yeah. he, he, uh, he, he makes stuff happen. So yeah. love that guy. 
Yeah, he's a very cool guy. So thank you much. Thank you very much, Ben, for getting this uh, interview going. And uh, we will see you guys uh, actually in a few minutes. We're going to have uh, Dusty Gannon from the band Vision Video on in like five minutes. So stay tuned. All right. Yes. Ratsoutreview.com. What? I was going to say, Norman, thank you. Yes. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. You guys are much, awesome. Norman. Had a lot of fun and good luck with the new album. And we will be talking soon. All right. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Rats Eye Review Network. Rats Eye Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Rats Eye Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Rats Eye Review spinoffs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA with James Elquist and Eric Adams. No relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City. The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira. Schmackle a to you too, Ralph. The Timo Toki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the Cheese, please. A podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking over. over.